If you need to call, sneeze, burp, fart. Just do it. Know, just do it. Let her rip. Try to fart into the mic. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's omnidirectional. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. I'm Michael Moeller, joined by da- David Satterley. Dad. <laughs> no. Is that a Freudian thing? Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. I, I am Michael Moeller, joined today by David Satterley, John Ronane. Uh, we are at Brewgrass Homebrew Supply in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, recording on a nice little Wednesday evening. Uh, and uh, as always, uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, thank you. Uh, go ahead and give us a, a quick little review if you want. If you, if you like what you listen to, give us five stars, preferably. Uh, and if you're new to the to the YouTube channel, thank you for subscribing. We just ask that if you're watching this and you're not subscribed on YouTube, just go ahead and do that because that helps a lot. Uh, we are also joined tonight by special guest Scott Schreffler from My Wide Beer Company. Hello, boys. Hello. What's welcome happening? to the show. Scott. Thanks for coming, Scott. Thank you. Happy to be here. You're officially the tallest guest on the show. <laughs> Todd Ferris might have something to say about that. Has Todd Ferris been on? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. You might you might have an inch I, on Todd. It's pretty close. Yeah. I do know that. It's pretty close. He might yeah. have you horizontally, though. <laughs> Upside down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, Scott, uh, we're going to get to all of your, you know, everything that you've been up to lately. But uh, first, we're going to start the show off the same way like we always do. David, you brought us a beer tonight. I did bring a beer. Um, Derby is right around the corner. Yep. A very uh, decadent and depraved tradition yep. in the Louisville, Kentucky area. Um, so I did bring a beer that I made with Cumberland Brewing Rip, um, which is now occupied by Against the Grain Public House Part One. Um, but this beer is called <laughs> a pie called Derby. Um, did this in collaboration with JD Vasher, who was over at Cumberland right as they were uh, closing out their long tenuous history. This is a one of one batch. Um, this is bottle number two that we bottle by hand. Um, this is also under the old moniker of Kentucky Beer Network, so that'll date it just by that. <laughs> nice. So I believe this is from 2018. It is a barrel-aged imperial stout with chocolate and pecans. And you can't say the word derby pie, so that's where the name came from. Mm. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, they get pretty touchy on their like IP. Sue the shit <laughs> yeah, you. They are very litigious, probably more so than... Any other company in Louisville. Yeah. Uh, so is this, I mean, how many bottles of this do you have left? This might be the last one. Wow. We only did 168, which when you do each one individually by hand, uh, I think that was the equivalent of two 15 packs of Sierra Nevada half bite that we went through <laughs> while we were doing yeah. it. I mean, set to that tracks. So. Was that a 2019? I think it was 18. Okay. It could have been 19. Untapped of no, for certain. Take a little, Take a little scoosh. But yeah, there's no telling uh, how this is holding up. We did put it in a rye barrel, if I recall. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Was it a rye barrel? I believe so. Oh, very nice. Big, boozy nose. Chocolate, kind of light vanilla. Like, I almost get even a little kind of like coconutty vibe coming off of it. But uh, I think that might just be... Alcohol. You said there's nuts in here too, probably? Pecans. Okay, that might be what I'm getting there. It's a little nutty. It almost tastes better than when it came out. 
Yeah, that's very nice. JD made a lot of good beers over there when he was uh, doing the thing at Cumberland. He had a he had a uh, Kentucky Crunk that was another one of his releases, and then he did uh, a couple others. So that was, that was a nice little project. It was a good homage to Derby and to to Cumberland. And, I like uh, that label too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, artist by the name of uh, August Northcutt did this, otherwise known as Buddy in Louisville, um, and he absolutely killed this illustration of a derby horse with a crown popping out of a derby pie surrounded by roses so. <laughs> i love it Very i think it was in my dream last night like, yeah. uh so scott before we get to mile wide tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got into this world of beer oh man um well so i guess it it all sort of started in like 2004 is when i kind of first got into beer um i was working at a wine bar and they had a sort of fledgling beer program that the owners didn't really want to deal with. And so they said, why don't you do it? And so I, that was the first time I ever like thought about like how to make a beer list in terms of like, make sure you have something that hits every style. And I got to try, you know, I had reps bringing me samples and trying new stuff. And I lived down the street from old town and Zaz. And so me and my roommate would go there. We'd go to old town and get mixed six packs of things go home and play video games and try a bunch of different beer man 2004 you're making you're painting a pretty picture yeah yeah it's a simpler time yeah yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) um so that was 2004 and then um you know just sort of fell in love with beer and then in 2007 um i got a job as the beer buyer at the whole foods here in louisville another whole foods guy Yeah, yeah 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 so i i was i was newly married i got married in january of 07 started the job in january of 07 and then in July of that year, um, I uh, I applied for um, the job with Schlafly. A buddy of mine who worked for Schlafly's wholesaler came up to me and said, hey, I think you'd be good for this. They're looking for a rep. And at that point, I was still trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. You know, I'd thought about culinary school. I thought about a bunch of stuff. And I thought, well, this could be fun to, to do while I'm figuring out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life and here we are, here six, we are. 16 years later you really um, stuck with it yeah, yeah. committed i don't give up easily um so yeah so i started in july of 07 with schlafly um it's you know it's funny like at that point i think jeremy markle was a rep for kentucky ale here and we were the only reps that i can think of in the state of kentucky wow like, living in the state of kentucky and um, what, what year would that have been around Oh, seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. And so that's really was, when it was kind of starting to all kind of come to Louisville. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say that. And I mean, obviously, there were people from BBC who mm. were in town and things like that. But outside of Louisville, we were the only people. So, you know, it was just a different time. You could, you know, we built Schlafly with a dry hopped American pale ale and a Kolsch and an English style pale ale, you know, and we sold a lot of it yeah. over, the, over the course of my time there. Um, and obviously, in the last five or six years, the, craft beer scene has changed exponentially but um but yeah it was it was a lot of fun you know i uh, it, it was very um very low key like there wasn't a lot of expectation put on me it was you know basically if you can keep growing the business then that's great and you're on your island 4 hours away from the brewery you're covering indiana kentucky tennessee let us know if you need anything yeah and uh, i spent i spent you know better part of 9 years driving around all three states and, you know, preaching the good word of Schlafly. So, um, so one of our, one of our best accounts here in Louisville was River City Draft House. Um, and so that's where I met Matt, my partner, uh, and Patrick, who was a partner is no longer with the brewery. 
Uh, and that's where the sort of idea of Mile Wide started. Um, so that was April of 2014 when we sort of started the, yes, we're opening a brewery. Was it a very like, a deliberate, like intentional thing? Like I want to own my own like business. I would these, I like these guys for my partners. Or was it like a drunken night where like, you're like, Hey, you know what we should do? We, we should open a brewery. Like how no, did I mean, you guys kind of formulate. Yeah. Well, so I definitely knew I wanted to own my own brewery. I had, I had homebrewed with a friend. We had, we, you know, we had, um, our ideas and, you know, two dudes brewing company, and uh, which is a terrible name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we uh, you know, we, we, it was something I knew I wanted to do, uh, but you know, it takes a lot of money to open a brewery and I don't know anybody who has that money or has access to people with that money. Um, but, you know, met, met up with those guys and, and they did. And so um, it was, it was a pretty deliberate, like we, we met at Barrett Bar and sat sat around for about three hours Hell and yeah. just sort of talked about beer, talked about philosophy of beer. And then we're just kind of like, yeah, we're, this is, this is something we're going to do. So, um, so yeah, so we, we moved forward for the next year and a half, probably maybe, I guess about a year. And then that's when we brought Kyle in. I was going to ask, where'd you guys find that like weird guy with the big beard? Uh... So Kyle worked with me at Schlafly. Um, he was a, he was a brewer, for a few years and then he worked in the quality lab at Schlafly as well. Um, but he's from Henderson and he went to U of L and so he was looking for a, a way to get back to Louisville, um, anyway, cause he loves it here. And so this was just kind of the perfect opportunity for him to come back. Um, and, uh, and so he did. So he, he actually started before I did, he started in, in January of 2017. No. 16. Sorry. My years oh, are dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, January of 2016. I started in March of 2016. So it's interesting. All like whenever you see kind of like um, like a triumvirate form around like a new business. I, I always thought you guys had a really unique one in that, you know, there's there's you who's kind of like mm -hmm. I think you put on your business card before kind of like hype man. Yep. Uh, kind of love the marketing sales kind of PR mm -hmm. branding side. Kyle, who's just like smart and nerdy and funny and just like get back there, get weird, get his hands dirty and makes freaking great beer. He was, he went to uh, the Siebel Institute, I believe, mm -hmm. didn't he? Yeah. And then Matt, who like de describes himself, I think is like the uh, pincher of the pennies or like the ducket master or whatever. The master of ducats. Keeps you guys out of collections, I think he said to me one time. Yeah. Uh, he, he says <laughs> that his job is to keep us paid and legal. Paid and legal. Yeah, that's what he said before. Yeah. But uh, did, were you guys conscious that you guys really kind of were bringing all of those different aspects of your skills together? Um and then dividing him up that way, or was it just kind of more I, how it came out? I don't think it was never a conscious thing. Um, it was just sort of, we knew what we needed. You know, Kyle first came on as, um, as the head brewer. And then when Patrick left, you know, Kyle became an owner um, and we folded him into that. But yeah, it just sort of happened. Like Patrick sort of took on the tap room, build out thing, how things were laid out, the point of sale system, all that stuff. Um, and we just each sort of had our, our areas of expertise and, um, it, it really just works well. Cause you know, I know people who own breweries who do all of these things. Right. And I don't know how you, I, I don't know how you just don't go crazy. Like I'm busy enough. Well, have you met, have you met a lot of these people? You might yeah. have. Just, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so like, you know, I'm busy enough that I can't even imagine having to add, like even just doing our state taxes every month, like yeah. Matt handles that. If somebody was like, Hey, can you do this? Like, Nope, I don't know how to do <laughs> yeah. that. 
Um, you know, and I could learn, but I also, you know, I, it's nice to have the faith in my partner to take care of it and know that it's going to be taken care of properly. And well, as soon as I get to know you guys, like, and just saw, how, you know, behind the scenes, how it was all working, it was immediately clear to me that it was like a really good little triangle of all those things. Everybody kind of knows how to communicate with each other and you guys make mm-hmm. good products and get it in good places. And, uh, you haven't been put into debtor's prison yet. So I guess Matt's right. doing something right too. Well, I think we all, we all know our roles but we all are willing to talk about, you know, if there's a money issue, if there's a brewing issue, whatever, if there's a marketing issue, we all have our say in it. But at the end of the day, the brewing stuff is Kyle, the money stuff is Matt, and it all goes through them, you know, and the sales and marketing is me and it all goes through me. So it's nice to have those sort of, we can, we can talk about it, we can collaborate, but at the end of the day, it is, it is, you know, this is the yeah. final say. And a lot of your all's beer makes it out to market and you, you sell a lot to accounts and stuff. But you guys have a, a really great taproom experience, too. Mm-hmm. When you were forming the business, um, how did you guys find that space? And maybe tell the to folks listening a little bit of the story behind that property. That space has history. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. So, yeah. So our I guess um, our journey to get there was uh, long. So we actually the very first building we looked at that we were very close to signing a lease on was the building the Gravely's in. Um, but then we sort of found out that the the water main that was coming in was way too small and it was draining out to Barrett and not Baxter. And so we were going to have to do all these things to replace the water main and um, and and the su- the sewer or the sewer line. And we just couldn't afford it. Yeah. You know, our our budget was very tight as it was. And so, I mean, we were literally a couple of weeks from away from signing a lease uh, on that place. And and it, and it's terrible because that's a, such a cool spot. I mean, anybody who's been to Gravely, you know why we fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, and you guys weren't the only brewery vying for that part or <clears throat> that property at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Third term was looking at it. Oh, too. really? <laughs> oh, OK. That. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so after that, we looked at uh, we looked at a place on Frankfurt Avenue across the street from Irish Rover. Um, that we got kind of close on, but there was some logistical issues that we just couldn't quite overcome. Um, we looked at a place over in Germantown that, um, it's the, it was a tire warehouse, like kind of back on, it's not Charles. It's, um, whatever the street closest to Gossett, like the next street over from Gossett. Yeah. Samuel. Samuel. Yeah. It's on Samuel, like by the train tracks. Okay. And we, they were whoever was there was going to move into a new location. And so they, we were going to take over their lease and it was a massive space. And then at the last minute they were like, no, we're not going to find any space. And so we're like, all right. So we're back to the <laughs> drawing you. board. Thank you very much. Cause you know, what we're looking, what we were looking for is zoning is really weird. So there's, you know, you can do a C one, um, which means you can sell as much as you want, but you, you're restricted by how much you can produce. There's an M one, which means you can produce however much you want, but you're limited by what you can sell. And then there's easy one. Ah, easy one. Easy one is what we were looking for because that is do whatever you want. And usually it's it's sort of rundown buildings that nobody really wants and they're trying to get people into them. So finding an easy one that was in the city near residential neighborhoods and and you know near all the places we wanted to be near was was pretty difficult. Um, but we finally found uh, found out uh, the spot where we landed, and so. Um, you know, we're on Barrett Avenue, right near the corner, corner of Barrett and Broadway. The building used to be a Pillsbury plant. So there's the big silos, and they used to go from grain in the silos to finished frozen biscuits. 
uh, in that building. So the, the room that the brewery itself is in was the freezer. So all the walls are lined with like six inches of cork. So it holds temperature really nice. It's funny when we do collaborations and we get brewers in from other other breweries that don't have air conditioned or climate controlled breweries and it's the middle of summer and they're like, how is it 70 <laughs> degrees in here and yeah. not 95? And so it, you know, it's, it's something it's, it's really nice. Thanks Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Woo-hoo. So, you know, you open up the, up the doors to, to grain out and it gets awful warm, but it, yeah. it, it cools down real, real nice. So tell us a little bit about mile wide, the brand though. Like what does okay. that mean? What does that mean to you? Um, I mean, so the name itself is, um, is uh, a reference to the Ohio River. Uh, the widest point of the Ohio River is just west of downtown Louisville, and it's a mile wide. Um, but I think, you know, early on we thought thought of it as sort of e- expansive and um, sort of not bound in by anything. And so that's sort of we've really taken that to heart, and we we brew so many different styles of beer. I mean. We just switched distributors last year. And as part of the pre- presentation, I was going through and figuring out like just sort of a breakdown of what we brew. And, you know, we brewed in 20, 20 what was it last year? What was last year? 2022. Uh, like 2012, okay. I think. Yeah. 2022. <laughs> we brewed almost 60 different uh, beers. Wow. And um, that's crazy. It's 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 really crazy to manage on the sales and marketing side. It was, it was, I'm sure it was a shock for our new distributor. Like you can tell them like, Hey, every week we're going to have a new brand coming to you. And yeah. it's one thing to, to say that another thing to actually manage it. But, um, but that's what people want. That's what, you know, and that's, I always love seeing your all's like seasonal stuff come out on the shelves. Like every time I see your all's like Oktoberfest come out, I'm like, Ooh, I want that. And like every yeah. time I see your all's like, you know, you guys always are really good about rotating it out. Anyway, I, th- I think we try and, and strike that delicate balance between sort of classic styles and the new. Yeah sort of off the wall stuff, yeah. you know, like we just released, uh, or we're releasing cathedral or Kolsch mm-hmm. tomorrow. Uh, but two weeks ago we released a milkshake IPA, you know, and we've got our slushy sour series called loud noises, but we also have schnitzel bonk, which is our Hefeweizen, you know, so we try and find that balance, um, between the two. And so the stuff that's crazy is never over the top crazy. Um, but it's, you know, it, it, it fits us. Yeah. And it also piques the interest of the consumer. Mm-hmm. That's, Absolutely. That's going out looking for that style. Yeah. I mean, you know, so much of the business now is, and you see it with people opening multiple locations. It's so much like getting people to buy your beer over your own bar. And to do that, you know, having that rotation of you can come in this week and come back in three weeks and there's going to be a bunch of new beer that you've never had. Um, you have to keep doing that. Yeah. Well, and it, wasn't always that way no right so you all struck really hot the iron into the new england fad um, yeah as it was unfolding in it for at least for kentucky i mean i guess it was still like it, early 17 yeah, yeah. It, well it was so i mean we opened in december of 16 um and we released the first batch of tessie uh, a week after we opened so like mid-december of 2016 but it was that year that like the veil opened um, Treehouse was just starting to like really, you know, gain traction trillium. And, you know, that was, that was one of those things where, you know, it all kind of started with our IPAs where we were like, we could brew one IPA, 
but why don't we just brew a bunch of IPAs? Because yeah. we all love them, and there's all sorts of different styles. Tessie so, was a banger, too. And Noma, I really, like, all, I remember the, the first three or four you guys put out, like, you guys, I mean, you, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but did anybody make a New England IPA before you guys did in Louisville? I'm sure no, I don't Nobody think in gets, Kentucky did. Yeah, I think um, you guys were probably the first. We were definitely the first in Louisville, definitely the first in Kentucky. And they were um, bangers. Like, they were good. Yeah. Would, you know, you're trying Treehouse stuff. I remember, like, Bearded Iris was just coming into our market around then, it seemed mm -hmm. like. And then you're like, oh, shit, like, this stuff's being made in Louisville here now, too, which is, like, yeah. it just made us feel like a cool beer like city. big kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we have cool stuff, too, guys. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, you know, it's uh, it's a style that I that I love, um, specifically the Northeast style IPA. I mean, I love West Coast IPAs. I love all of them. But that's a style that, um, you know, from the get go, I was like, I really want to make sure that we can we nail this. And uh, you all probably know Terry Cook. Um, he was integral in that whole process because he would he would bring us samples of Trillium and Treehouse and we'd let him taste all our batches, like all our pilot batches. And, you know, it was it was really nice to kind of have that like consumer um, input on, yeah. on how things were going. So when Tessie came out and he was super excited and happy about it, I was like, well, all right, all right that's 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 all I care about. <laughs> I love that you guys did. You did like, because the ones I remember when you were first getting started was Tessie Noma and then like Tuck Rule maybe were like those were the first, first ones. Yeah, Tessie was the first, Tuck Rule was the second and then Noma was the third. Okay, yeah. It was cool too just because you weren't just doing like a New England IPA. It was fun to see the experimentation within the kind of newer style of using different hops, you know, like playing sure. around with different adjuncts and stuff. So, I, I was I, I enjoyed being a, on part of that journey with you guys yeah. experimenting and I think the whole community did too well and I think it's what's fun too is to kind of look back uh, and see how far those beers have come because you know like every brewery every time you're brewing them there's there's little tweaks like can we can we make continue to make it better mm -hmm. you know and so you know there was there was a joke among some people like you know batch one of Tessie was better. No matter what batch you put out, batch <laughs> one was always better. <laughs> so in, in 2020, when we couldn't do hops on the hill, we were like, all right, well, we're going to rebrew batch one of like the recipe from batch one of Tessie. Uh, and we even did the label to look like the Crowler and things like that. I love it's, it. It's just a little joke, but, but the first time you try a new style like that, it's always like, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you're always going to compare it to your. It's hard. To, you're always going to compare it to your first. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I assume that most of those comments are tongue in cheek at yeah, this point, yeah. you know. You Probably don't, you don't fuck with a good thing. <laughs> Let it roll. But, well, people, you know, hops, are, hoppy beers like that are hard to negotiate because people take for granted that you're going to be able to get like 30 pounds of citra or you're be able to find like these hops that you tried that were experimental and now they're different. Like you kind of sometimes have to work with what you got and like, you know. Yeah. Well, and that and that's the that's the art of brewing mm -hmm. to me is that, you know, with wine and I love wine, like I worked at a wine bar. I know I, I know enough to be dangerous about wine. But wine every year is different. You know, that's why they vintage it so that, you know, you know, like this isn't going to taste like last year's because it's a it's an agricultural product. Well, you know what else is an agricultural product? Malt mm -hmm. and hops. And they are going to show the changes if it's a dry season, if it's a wet season, if it's a hot season, a cold season. Um, it's going to show all those changes, but the beer has to stay the same. Yeah. You know, and, and that can be really tough when we're brewing, especially beers that are single hop beers where there's those fluctuations in the hop itself. Cause you know, we're not going to Australia to pick our lot of galaxy. We're buying galaxy 
So we, we don't know which field it came from every year. Like we're, we're getting the best we can, but it, there is going to be fluctuation. That sucks. You should do better. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I know. Why don't you go to Australia? Go down there and fight with a kangaroo, <laughs> like uh, get attacked by a giant spider. Well, that's the only way you can get him. You have to fight a kangaroo. Yeah, that's part yeah, of the contract. Rolling. That's why they're called hops. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these cans there. are $30 a piece because we had to go there and right, do that. Exactly. And like, you should pay for the artisanal value. Also, we were on holiday. We, we had to eat at that five-star our restaurant we had to get the Market massage yeah. <laughs> um so we, we've been talking about your beers uh for a little bit now and uh for every guest we have them do a couple different show and tell options one beverage related and then something a little bit more personal do you have a do you have a beverage for us today so i did something beverage related but not a beverage okay Perfect. good enough all right so um a couple of years ago um, Excellent glassware. Somebody gave this to me. So this is um, a Pizza Hut. Back in the '80s, they had uh, they did Star Wars, yeah. they did the Muppets, um, and I had this glass when I was a kid. I lost it over however many years, and probably five years ago, somebody else gave me this glass, and it's my most treasured possession. Because awesome. <laughs> ET was the first movie, I think, the first movie I ever saw in a theater. It's the first movie I remember seeing because I was That's crying and my one, mom dude. had to carry me out. Um, but also like you just were 14. The, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just kept yes. my driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a sight to see. Let me tell you. Um, but yeah. So like I just I love this. And and now like if I drink beer out of it, I get extra special joy. Hell yeah. It, so people, yeah. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing to knock on Pizza Hut, but people don't know how fucking amazing Pizza Hut was back in the day. Well, so beginning of COVID, there was that like crispy, cheesy uh, cast iron pizza recipe that was going around. Yeah, that was Pizza Hut pan pizza. Yeah, they they made them in cast iron pans like they would have like buffets and shit, too. You could go was, in there and it like, was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Book It Club. Come on. Yeah. You know, Come on. I read a book and get a personal pan pizza. Did it contribute to the American obesity epidemic? We're not going to talk about yeah, that. Did they know. have amazing fucking pizza? Yes, it was yep. great. We already yeah. had a cheese episode. So yeah, we, had, we, yeah, don't, yeah. we don't need to do that anymore. We had two. I, I do say that it it speaks volumes to the merch of the past. Yeah. Of like the, the one-off like collectible type deal. Like I, I think of legacy brands like Fall City and Fairs. And like I told you earlier, I cleaned out all my glassware, but I didn't throw away any of the Mawa glasses because one I use for literally a water cup every day. And the others are all in different shapes and sizes. And sure, yeah, these are great. I like them and they're unique. And the idea that like Pizza Hut did a ET glass. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And yeah. now it's like, hey, uh, we're releasing this beer. What can we do with like coasters would be cool. It's <laughs> so like Hades <laughs> too. Like it's just to me defeat definitive of like that whole time in american history it was like a big blockbuster movie would come out of course you like merchandise it through pizza hut or mcdonald's or like breakfast cereal or like whatever there was an et breakfast cereal was there really there oh, definitely shit. was yeah <laughs> phone yeah. home i'm trying to get a good pun going here but yeah like uh i don't e remember what it was shaped like but i there definitely was a an et it's it like little you know, finger coming out <laughs> some sort of oh, corn yeah. cereal with sugar on the outside right that's uh, that's what they all were but it probably had reese's pieces in it that's what i remember about et he loved reese's pieces he did so can you explain why you to... haven't done an et beer yet then? Hmm. i don't know I, I, I can't I, I don't have i don't have a good uh good answer for especially that. with all these like uh ufo uap things we have we maybe that could be a a legend collab coming up in the future extraterrestrial beer <laughs> we did we did centauri a while back that was space themed 
So that could have been. We just rebrewed that not that long. Yeah, ago. it was a good good recipe. Yeah, actually, it it's funny. And I think that came out in like January, or February, and so every year since then, my Facebook memories pop that video yeah. up, and yeah, I yeah, will yeah. watch it every time Same it comes here. up. Same here. It's, it's always hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. <laughs> if you guys want to find that uh, Boy Meets Wort YouTube channel, we did a uh, spoof video of the office, the brewery, where Scott uh, Schluffler was uh, plagued by a replacement for Kyle who came in to help them brew a new batch of beer. Uh, shout out to Ricky Burdett. Uh, but we'll, I'll, I'll leave the uh, mystery to you guys to go watch. Yeah. But your performance was excellent. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Courtney watched it and she's like, why is he actually good? <laughs> like she thought your acting was very good. Well, I was literally just being myself. Like that's <laughs> yeah. so the Jim Halpert basically. Of basically. Like the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. And the sound of the paper ripping off of the Underberg tells us it's. Oh, time. I had a good segue because you were talking about all these brands that had great merch and like, you know, who has really good merch? Freaking Underberg, man. That's great. Okay, so now it's time for a Berg break uh, because John interrupted David. Sorry. That's how, that's how you know. <laughs> and since John interrupted David, now we have to take a Berg break. <laughs> Cheers, y'all. Thanks, Underberg. We have so many of those, like, uh, the truck trailers at the tap room. Because we, we, we've, gotten, we've gotten the apron, but we only got one. So then it's like, well, who gets to wear it? Yeah. You know, so we just end up getting the, the wagons. Yeah. There's a there's a plethora of like prizes that you can redeem these caps for. And every single time Mawad has decided to do the trailer to the truck. So not just big one big <laughs> Yeah. It's like a choo-choo train. Yeah. 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 At some point it's probably gonna just stretch around the whole bar. Yeah. Honestly, that'd be really you guys cool. could do a cool little uh, you guys have such a big like open space, a little train. I, I believe around. the last time I saw the numbers, Mile Wide had the second most amount of Underberg sales in the city, probably state then too. Wonder not knock that's, bars. That's awesome. Knock bars one. Yeah, knock bars. Uh, that, makes, that sense. makes sense. Yeah. Um so yeah, if you're not familiar with Underberg, uh made in Germany, good digestive, made with bitters, you know, it's just good after you've had a couple beers or, you know, a big meal. Uh you get some of that, you know, that pizza hut delicious pizza and, Ooh, you, and yeah. you drink some Centauri uh and you just need a little break. We're actually Pizza is great, but or you could just go to Max at Mile Wide and get some pizza there. I mean, I mean enjoy a beer at Mile Wide. We just created a great event night. We do like a throwback ET themed beer. We get them to do like a Pizza Hut inspired pizza. I think we're on it, and we play ET. Like I think we're on to something here. We could do a Reese's peanut butter, uh, oh, a Reese's yeah, pieces yeah, yeah, dessert yeah. pizza. Oh my god! Oh, that's <laughs> that's solid. I only want to do ET if you all like set up the tap room like the end of the movie where everything's medically. Like oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's the part where you like leave the theater crying. Like that was terrifying when like yeah. the scientists are coming to get ET and like I remember being scared of that uh, when I was a kid. It was intense, dude. We we just watched it not that long ago. My wife and I did, and uh, and she's like, I I don't want to watch it because I'm gonna be a mess. And I'm like, <laughs> you're not gonna be a mess. And and around comes around and she is just she's fucking phone just home all snot you. and you know red faced <laughs> and box of Kleenexes and just yeah, it's a. Uh, I think I'm it, dead inside now at 45, but I, otherwise I would be crying too. Yeah. So uh, in the uh, promo, we'll have a, a line of these beers that we make, and David Satterley will just follow them and just drink them <laughs> as like we try to lure him into the uh, whatever. Yeah. And then we dress him up like a lady. <laughs> yeah. With the, yeah. 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 Oh, Drew Barrymore. Shout yeah. Out. That was a, yeah. This is yeah. a short joke. I got it. <laughs> yeah. No, that was not it. It would that, just be that funny. Was not a short joke. It's not it at all. So yeah, to put an end cap on that, keep your caps. Uh, Scott, what is what is next for our show and tell? So I, I actually I couldn't decide. So I brought two different things that are sort of related. So 
Uh, growing up, my my parents really encouraged my sister and I to read anything and everything. Uh, and the first author that I ever fell in love with was Stephen King. Oh yeah. Um, so I have a copy of Night Shift, which is the first Stephen King book that I ever truly loved, which is a collection of so- short stories. So like Children of the Corn is in here. Okay. Uh, the oh, the, the cool. Lawnmower Man, but not the movie Lawnmower Man. The Lawnmower Man where is about a guy who actually like crawls on the ground and che- and eats grass to oh cut the grass. God. Can That's I borrow amazing. that? Yeah. <laughs> and as you can see, it's it's a bit dog-eared. I've literally yeah. had this since I was since I was a child. So no, you can't. Well, I mean, you can borrow it. Um, so then the we'll other the, the other thing that I brought was uh, maybe my favorite experience reading um, when they when Stephen King wrote The Green Mile. When they first released it, they released it in in serials. Hmm. So there were six parts. I actually don't have the sixth one with me, but like once a month, they would release um, a new, cool. you know, 100, 150 pages of of the story. And my mom was traveling for work and sh- like she would bring me these and I, and I would like tear through them in a matter of an hour. Uh, and it was just one of the coolest like reading experience I've ever had. And yeah. I don't like to this day, I wish more people would do things like this because I think it would encourage people to read. That's mm-hmm. genius. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the, like these are so small. They're like literally a quarter of an inch thick and yeah. incredibly digestible. And then yeah, this is 92 pages. The fir- the part one is ninety two pages. It's a night, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so easy. That's yeah. fun. So it was it was one of the most enjoyable reading experiences of my life, and uh, so I brought that. And a great marketing idea, honestly. Like, uh, <laughs> so you're selling I mean, six books for the price of yeah, one. Yeah, you're not selling this one for one sixth the <laughs> yeah. price of a book. You're selling it for three dollars. Knowing Stephen King, I have a feeling the publisher was like, uh, "So is that uh, is that book done?" He's like, <laughs> "No, I mean, just, here's this chapter. Come back in two weeks." I will say when I was when I was trying to like when I was thinking about a book, I was like, all right, well, which Stephen King am I bringing? Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, reading Misery for the first time is like the only time I only time I've ever been truly terrified by a book. Yeah. Um, and so there's just yeah, there's it's been a long time since I read those, but uh, they're really good. Uh, I remember The Stand. It took me forever to read it, but I was yeah. like, this is nuts. It's yeah. Like, talking about like Satan's coming back and like there's this like lady who's like god or something i can't remember the details it's been so long i saw that on twitter and know it it's it's great yeah. <laughs> yeah. wait what are you talking about nothing uh, uh, it's a QAnon so, conspiracy so scott, <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> so scott you just mentioned your love for et and you just mentioned your love for reading uh but david has a, a game that will kind of tie that in oh but not really a game, but Scott, we, we do appreciate you coming on and we think you deserve a lot of credit. So inspired by a mile-wide beer named a major award, we're going to give you a major award. Oh, but the award's not for you. Oh, but it oh. is in your likeness. Oh, uh, welcome everyone to the first <laughs> annual Scotties. Okay. <laughs> okay. What are the Scotties you ask? Yes. What are the Scotties? <laughs> What are the Scotties? So we're going to go through a list of movies that you most likely have seen. Okay. And you're going to give it a Scotty or a Naughty. Oh, okay. And then once you decide, We do follow you on social media, and we know that you're kind of a movie buff, <laughs> and you have opinions about movies, and right? you're not afraid to share I do, I do, them. I do have opinions, yeah. yes. So, I have opinions about a lot of things. If you yeah, got yeah. time, I can share more <laughs> of them. But. So we've got a list of Scotties here. Okay. Potential Scotties nominees that you can give. 
And if is there going to be like a golden Scotty for the best of these? Sure. Yeah. At the end? Absolutely. We can do it. Or you can, you can even nominate some, your own. Is somebody, nominate your own. Is somebody going to keep track? Oh. Yeah. We'll keep track. It's not. Yeah. Keep track of what gets one and then I'll pick from those. Okay. Well, we're going to tell you because we also looked up the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. So if you give a Scotty to Naughty, we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. I, I can almost guarantee it. All right. Take it I'm, away. I'm, I'm up for it. John okay, Hunter. so our first uh, nominee for Scotty or Naughty. Let us know what you think. And uh, if you guys have opinions on these, let us know in the comments. <laughs> Meet the Parents from 2002. Robert De Niro. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Owen Wilson. Owen really, Wilson. Really funny Owen Wilson part in that. Vince Vaughn was in that? No. Was he? No. Mm -mm. Um, you know... In spite of the sequels, I'm going to give it a Scotty. Yeah, I think it's it's a solid comedy. It's the first time we ever really saw Robert De Niro doing doing comedy, and he kind of crushed it. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, my, my go-to quote is, um, "I have nipples, Greg. Mm -hmm. Can you milk, Can me? You milk me?" <laughs> yep, <laughs> I will bring you down. I will bring you down to China. You know, there was a lot of like cultural moments, like the whole idea of the Falkers. Like, I feel like that was a meme that caught on for a while. Like, yeah, Greg Greg Falker, whatever. <laughs> Good movie. I agree. Uh, our second contender for Scotty or Naughty, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, 2009. Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I will say around the same time, there is the most depraved version of Paul Blart called Observe and Report that came out with Seth Rogen. Okay. Um, if you hate Paul Blart, but also have a, a twisted sense of humor, you should check out Observe and Report because it's actually, it's, it's fucked up. Hell it's, yeah. it's fun. 34% of the internet said that Paul Blart should have got a Scotty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the record. But only 34%. Only 34%. And the masses did agree with you on Meet the Parents. 84% positive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our third contestant, released nominee. in 2019, nominee, nominee uh, Knives Out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, a Scotty. Yeah, that's a Scotty. That's an easy one. Well, the uh, audience agrees at 97%. So. I would actually say that the second one is even better. I haven't seen it. I've been saving it for like a movie night. Uh, but I heard it's really good too. Yeah. As a youngin, the murder mystery movie mm -hmm. thing really translated super well. And Daniel Craig, yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Like he was great. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, uh, we, we, we watched that before the, uh, before the new one came out and it's, yeah, even though you know who did it, you know, everything that was just, almost made it better. Like it's kind of yeah. like, yeah, I love the way they did that. It's like we, um, during the pandemic, we started watching the old Columbos. Oh yeah. Uh, and Peter like, Falk. Is that? Her yeah. Name? And like yeah. you knew who killed the person. Yeah. It was just like the whole show was him figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. It always made it a little better. 100% agree. 100% yeah. agree. Our next nominee for Scotty or Naughty um, is not a movie I'm familiar with. <laughs> Troll 2, released in 1990. Big time Scotty. That's a that's Scotty. A big time Scotty. <laughs> yeah. All right. So since I'm not familiar, give me the outline so of it's, Troll it's 2. A, it, is, it is a sequel to Troll that's not at all a sequel. Okay. <laughs> uh, this guy, uh, in fact, there are not trolls in the movie. They are goblins. Um, and it was written by an Italian guy who doesn't speak English. Uh, it's just, it's one of those, um, you know, kind of cult classic midnight movies. Um, there's a really great documentary called the best worst movie about it. Like one of the guys who's, who's a star of it goes back and like reunites with his cast members and stuff. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's not good, <laughs> but it's, good. it's yeah, fun. I get it. Okay. Well, I know yeah. what I'm watching tonight. Yeah. Well, five percent of the uh, that's a, it got the a internet. huge, huge downgrade. But the world is wrong. The well, world this is, is wrong. Tomatoes. I want to see what the uh, what the audience rating is because I would be I would think that's significantly higher. I think you're probably right on yeah. that one. 
Uh, moving away from the uh, genre. There's, yeah. there's a fantastic line in Troll 2. All right. The young, so it's the parents and these and their two kids. They go to like this farmhouse for like a vacation, and uh, like the little the little son is acting up, and the dad's like taking him into the into the room to like for timeout, and he like spanks him and he and he. And my wife and I say this all the time. He says, "You won't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's honoring the Greek ideal of Zendaya. Like I'm, I'm all about it. That's where the goblins come and get you. Yeah. Uh, so moving away from the troll oh, goblin I'm, genre. I'm sorry. They, yeah. they went on vacation in Nilbog, which is a which is goblin backwards. Oh, oh that's, so that's so clever. Nilbog. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they call it goblin? That is the last time I'll interrupt you with something about Troll 2. I no, promise. no. Hey, the more Troll 2 we inject into this podcast, <laughs> see, the better we're doing. See, you, you missed a beat, though. You could have been said, well, John. One more thing. <laughs> oh, I could have turned around. A little, little Columbo <laughs> reference for you, uh, oh, for you, Gen Z. Get a little cigar. And, yeah. I'm so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've adequately discussed the movie Troll 2. Yes. Uh, a more dramatic uh, nominee. My Left Foot, starring Daniel Day-Lewis from 1989. You know, I've never seen it. Yeah, me neither. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm. He's great. He's yeah. always great. I'm sure it's a sure it's good. Yeah. He paints with his feet. He writes with his feet. Can I give it a Scotty if I haven't seen it? I don't think so. I okay. think it, it's a, it's a gonna, Can we just eliminate it from... Yeah. Because I don't want to not sure. give it one. Well, the, uh, the the masses disagree with you. They give it 98%. They love it. That's they love just because they were told they were supposed to like it. Yeah. Was there ever a, a Pizza Hut glass about my left foot? I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, moving into a new genre, the sci-fi genre, which we're discussing... Uh, kind of a controversial movie, so I'll be interested to hear your take. And I know that you are a Star Wars fan. The Phantom Menace. It's not sci-fi. 1999. It's not. What is it? Fan- fantasy. Sci-fi fantasy. It's like uh, epic fantasy. Epic sci-fi. Whatever. Whatever. You guys are fucking nerds. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, definitely not. No. It's, no, uh, no, it's a naughty? It's a naughty. I mean, somehow... George Lucas was able to pull out a terrible performance out of an amazing actress like Natalie Portman. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's awful. He's a great cast. That's on him. Liam Neeson, uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, the cast is, uh, the only person in that movie that is all in is Ewan McGregor, and he's awesome. Yeah. But the, I mean, everything else is just, it's a mess. I mean, it's, you know, it's about trade routes and like it's. (laughs) Have you seen Trainspotting? Yeah, that's what Ewan McGregor's okay, capable okay. of, honestly. <laughs> there is a growing movement of people who like are reconsidering the original trilogy. Like, were they good or were they especially not in good? The, especially in the context of the, the, the new trilogy. Ones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot better in the in the sense that it did more world building and original storytelling. Yeah, yeah. but but fuck those people. It got a naughty. I mean, we can have a conversation about uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith because I think there are really good things in those. But um, I mean, when Jake Lloyd, God love him, is is driving oh the narrative, the dramatic arc of your movie. It's oh, not a what, good like, thing. What is this like? This is pod racing, like whatever the <laughs> hell it was. Like yeah, it was. It was and then Jar Jar Banks. Obviously. That was also yeah, the introduction yeah. of Jar Jar. Okay, Banks. but do you guys know about Dark Jar Jar? That that fan theory. Yeah, everybody knows. Yeah. It okay, okay, okay. Good, good, good. Because if they, if they had gone that route, it could have been that. the best trilogy in the entire world. The best part of interrupting John is to talk about this Mawan Cathedral Cold. Let's talk about it. Opened here. Okay, oh so. yeah. Uh, so we're releasing this. Well, actually, by the time you are hearing this, it will already be out. Um, so our new sort of spring. Um, I mean, it's not new to uh, to us. We brewed it once before, um, but 
It's a it's a German style Kolsch. Um, this is a style that we sort of avoided for a few years because Schlafly makes oh yeah such an amazing one that we just didn't. We tried very hard early on to not just be the guys from Schlafly opened a new brewery. Um, so we felt that five years was enough time. It's delightful. It's everything I wanted in Kolsch. It's yeah. clean, it's bright, it's drinkable, but it's got a little bit of that bready quality left over in it. It's yeah, a- it's all about that yeast. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's a give it a simple grain bill and let the yeast really be the star of the show. Think we're going to get a mile wide Kolsch night anytime soon? Maybe. We could try. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> all right, we'll blast through the last few here. Uh, Scotty or Naughty. This is a good movie. Pan's Labyrinth. 2006. Yeah, we'll give it a Scotty. I thought that was a that's a what's his name, right? Giro del Del, I thought he would do that was a fun movie. I think I saw that on weed and it was great. On weed. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a uh, that's another good movie. It's a I was on weed that night. Why can't I remember the name of that movie with Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer? Uh, Oh, high high with the marijuana movie. Half baked. Half baked. There you go. Anyway, you're in uh, here for weed, man. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You ever da 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 on weed? Released in 2013, a movie I'm not familiar with, We're the Millers. Definitely a Scotty. Is that a Judd Apatow thing? Good. No, it's a uh, Jason Sudeikis and Jennifer Aniston. Okay, I like them. It's about these four people who are, I don't even remember how they come together, but they're all sort of like criminal-ish, and they come together and and pass themselves off as a family for some reason, which I can't remember, but it's it's very fun. (laughs) Still gets a Scotty. Yep, hell yeah. Uh, so I think li- you're also a, Lasso. oh, it Jason is Sudeikis Lasso. is having a moment right now, yeah. guys. Like the, I've not watched Ted Lasso, but I've seen enough what? YouTube clips to know that I love it. What are we, what are we even doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Cancel the rest of this podcast. Uh, I know I, you're a fan I stopped of the mid episode to come and do this, uh, the new episode. Is the, is season two the last season they're doing of that? Or are they going to no, do they're, more? They're on season three right now. Oh, okay. I heard somebody yeah. saying like they're this refusing is, to watch it because they want to save it for like when they're like having a depressive time and they're just going to. Be able to watch so Ted Lasso. Yeah, you, know, you can rewatch it though, right? Yeah. Well, but they were. It's like that, you know. It's always you're never. It's never as good as the first batch of Tessie. Like you always get, you know. The second time you watch it, is it going to have the same hot profile? Don't no, push your uncultured agenda. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. You, like, well, the only we're saying is they loved it so much that they wanted to like save it. Anyway, uh, fan of superhero movies. It's fair to say the Marvel franchise. The first half, yes. Okay, okay. So this will be a good. This will be an interesting take from you. Thor, two, two. Which I think uh, is like subtitled dark, no. dark, the dark world, dark world. Yeah, that's that's a naughty. It's a naughty. Unfortunately, Thor is batting five hundred, yeah. and Ragnarok is maybe the best movie. In that was the one after that, right? Yeah, the, f- yeah. the first one that was like comedy ish. Sorry, yeah. you're not a fan of Love and Thunder. No, yeah, it was. I didn't. I, didn't, I, I don't know what I don't know what happened. I don't know, <laughs> but it was. I think yeah. Taika Waititi kind of got like a little bit ahead of himself in certain ways. It seemed like, from my understanding of yeah, I can like, see that his ego might have gotten a little, little in, I too mean, involved. The, the praise was you know through yeah the roof yeah for, exactly for Ragnarok. Yeah. So, but let's also talk about Thor Ragnarok. Kate uh, Blanchett in her like thing mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, d- I, does I, things the, to the, me. The thing with Marvel Studios is so many producers that the I. I specifically notice about love and thunder is that they were trying to produce something that wasn't a horror wasn't drama wasn't mm-hmm. like action so they introduced comedy and i, I think it kind of flopped a little bit yeah. Well, it did yeah the same thing with like ragnarok though kind of i feel like that was an innovative 
take. I mean, Ragnarok was hilarious. Yeah, and I feel like that changed the whole like uh, mood of those Marvel movies a little bit. But then it kind of got like Gar- over its own spokes. Or Guardians whatever. was, I think, the first person to do that. Yeah, going back to Robert <laughs> yeah. De Niro in comedy, uh, our next nominee, Dirty Grandpa from 2016. It's a Scotty. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza's in that. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> she's kind of hilarious in everything. That she, she really does. is. Uh, and our final one, moving into the horror how genre. Pick, how did we pick these? Oh, movies? very, very just, randomly. Okay. Just me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of the horror genre, but what, uh, it's my favorite. Genre. We thought so. Halloween, 1978. Oh, I'm the biggest of Scotty. Yeah, that's a big like, Scotty. Am I get the golden Scotty? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of genre defining too. It's like that. It was one of the first like modern horror movies. Yeah, it was. Mm, I don't. I don't want to say it's the first slasher, but it was the first one to really popularize that style of of uh, horror film. And yeah, it's it's still so amazing, and it's not that bloody, and it's not. You know, most of the a lot of the kills happen off screen, and it's it's amazing. It's all just built through tension. Yeah, you know exactly. It's, it's phenomenal and. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis just won an Oscar, and I, I, I'm glad she did because if nothing else, she's Laurie Strode, and she will always be Laurie Strode. Yeah, so. she's fucking great. That's the original screen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the original little black dress, I think. What do they call that? Like the Survivor Girl or Final Girl? Final Girl. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was kind of one of the first movies like that that definitely became a genre. Yeah. All right. So this is the moment we've all been waiting for. We're gonna pick the Golden Scotty. Unless you have any other contendents or contestants or nominees you'd like to introduce. Well, no, because I don't. I don't. Because then you'd be biased because it'd be your yeah, favorite. Yeah, just, no, yeah, just yeah. choose from this list. All right. So drum roll, please. We've got Meet the Parents, Knives Out, Troll 2, Pan's Labyrinth, <laughs> We're the Millers, Dirty Grandpa, and Halloween. Oh, man. I mean, how do you compare those? Meet the Parents, Knives Out, Troll 2, Pan's Labyrinth. We're the Millers. Look, it's Dirty Troll Grandpa. 2. It's Troll, troll 2. <laughs> Everybody needs to go watch Troll 2. Fuck yeah. It's amazing. Don't watch it by yourself. <laughs> okay. Watch it with a group of people. On weed? And then, and then when you're done with that, watch The Room. Okay. The Room. Yes. The Room is the other best I, terrible movie. I almost did that one. Yes. Oh, well, that, that would have won the Golden, the golden <laughs> okay. Scotty right. for sure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Like... I'm a big fan of bad movies that are good. It's rare, though, that when they are so bad that they're good. But when they are, it's, oh, my God, that's spectacular. I completely agree. Yeah. Well, thank you, Scott, for of your course, opinions. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fun, fun. fun to break those things down sometimes. If you disagree with any of these, uh, go fuck yourself or leave a comment <laughs> below and let us know. You want to talk about a little bit of national beer news? Yeah. So we do want to talk about the Brewersession. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> The movies thing threw me off, <laughs> but we do want to talk about the Brewers Association. They just launched their 2022 top 50 U.S. craft brewing companies for the United States. By volume, right? By volume. I can almost guarantee that all of us know the first two. Scott, you want to chime in? Uh, Sam Adams. Yes. Which is kind of how New they Belgium. like to define it. Oh, very close. Uh, Yingling. Oh, yeah. Ying. I always... You know, a few years ago, they they changed the criteria for it. And I keep forgetting that Yingling is now yeah. considered craft. Which is it? What is craft beer anyway these days? That's to me, that's like what the most interesting thing about all this is. Well, craft is now like this definition is is more about um, ownership. 
Yeah. Okay. So you're not owned by somebody with, well, I mean, a lot of these people probably have boards of directors, but they're still, well, but I mean, then even you argue like new, is oh, new you Belgium, know actually new Belgium is, or they're on there and they moved way up this year from the, all of their mergers and acquisitions and whatnot. I know they're on here somewhere, but I don't know. What does craft beer mean to you? And how do we define it against Wait, beer in general? There? I know I that. I, I think, think I saw so. them. I don't see them. on. I here. don't think they are because they got bought by Kieran, Kieran Kieran owned like a big stake so in a little Bells, lion or whatever. Bells would not be. Bells on is there. also not uh, not present. Now, see, <clears> I thought they were, but this this is what we do for you, ladies and gentlemen. R- regardless of that, do you think that it's so? I guess the argument is like, let's just talk about like the top three. We don't. None of us would consider Budweiser or Miller Coors or who's the other one that you might mention? Are those aren't craft beer companies? They own some companies that are involved in craft beer. But we wouldn't call them craft beer breweries because it's not that's not their business. Their business no. is like owning brands and they're not in this list for a reason. Right. So, well, so that's yeah. what I'm saying. So Gimling to me is kind of like what? It's just a brewery, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, again, this this all has to do with the definition of craft. And mm-hmm. that was something that was heavily debated, especially in like the you know early 2010s about what are we going to call it? Because there was. You had breweries like Sam Adams that kept growing and they started growing out of the um, barrelage. Yeah, out of the barrelage to be called a craft brewery. So they kept amending it. And then they, and then, you know, it was like you can't brew a beer with adjuncts. And that's why Yingling wasn't in there. And then they changed that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's the top US brewing companies. Like, I do wonder because asterisk, not <laughs> AB and Bev or. Yeah. The interesting part is that so many of I these, guess maybe American owned. Yeah, that American might be a that might be a criteria. Yeah. American craft beer. The the interesting part to me is that so many of these only exist in a regional perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe distributed nationally, but I mean, or maybe not. Looking at you, New Glarus number twelve. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, New Glarus being number twelve and having a staunch model of only distributing within the state of Wisconsin. That's that's a major thing to pull off. Um, Revolution Brewing at thirty nine. Mm-hmm. We. They, they don't have a massive footprint outside of the central Midwest, to my knowledge. Marty, I'm sure we can talk about this later. Um, uh, St. Arnold Brewing out of Houston, Texas. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about big breweries that have been around for a long time that are based in major metropolitan areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, Revolution yeah. was one of the first in Chicago. Um, like, I remember there was a time you went to Chicago and there were no local breweries. And that was one of the first. And they just, you know. And it's West Sixth, you know, sure. West Sixth in Kentucky is West Sixth in Kentucky because they were the first. Yeah, I agree. You know, but they they grew faster than Country Boy, and they got into Louisville before anybody else. And yeah, I, but for them to be able to still impact this list, it's incredible. sure, yeah, it's, it's incredible. incredible. Yeah. And, and it Ryan just guys is on here too, you know, yeah. number twenty three. Yeah, it's just so, always interesting to see this list kind of change a little bit every year, but at the same time, maybe not change that much either. I mean, the top. 10 are usually pretty much the same athletic uh moved up to giant stand uh, number 13 14 yeah yeah athletic brewing as an na craft brewery well and then you see things like harpoon mm-hmm. i know like, and when, it's like when's the last time you thought think? of harpoon like that's just, going well, back I, to like I that just, 2004 era where you like could find a six pack at mid-city mall or something yes. but it's like i just watched a movie that was based in massachusetts and there was harpoon in like a gas station i was like oh harpoon yeah but that's the last time I thought of it. It's like what Red if, Hook or something. Or yeah. Red Yeah, Red Hook or whatever that company was. What yeah. if their business model is just to produce 
and be on this list, but not actually sell any of it. <laughs> well, hey, that, that was no. one of the points I was going to make, just because this is based on volume. Um, this is not necessarily based on you know profitability or how many people you hire demand. or demand. Yeah, there's a lot of other like uh, criteria besides amount of beer produced that measure to me what makes a great company. So yeah, it's I good. Think- I, it's fun to review this, but you know. Well, then there's also things like Duval Morcott, which is sure. Number four, but it's actually three breweries. It's yeah. Firestone Walker, Boulevard, and and uh, Amagang. Yeah. Same which with, to me, same with Kenarchy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yep. 100%. And I don't think Brewdog's on here this year, which is the only they other are. thing I know. They are? Yeah. Uh, they're Damn. down at 38. Oh, there they are. Yeah, never mind. I take it back. Well, I mean, I'll give it another three years before Malwide makes this list. Hell yeah. You know? Hell yeah. We were like 51 or two, I think. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. right off. They, they were going to give you 50, but you're just like, Nick, Nick, yeah, next time. Yeah. Next you know what? The let BA, Yinling get some love this year. The BA gets let, no Scotties. Let Made okay. by the Water from, from <laughs> yeah, New Orleans exactly. and four other places get it. That's fine. <laughs> Mile wide, named after a river, made by the water. Yeah. yeah who cares? Maybe that is us in disguise. You never know. Yeah. Doing business as Mile Wide you sneaky bastard. So uh, we talked about beer news. We've talked a little bit about sci-fi movies. Moving into Louisville beer news, uh, you want to talk about a cool coming together of those two things happening at Mile Wide? Uh, we already established it's not sci-fi. It's epic fantasy. Space, space opera. opera. There you go. I'm happy with the term space opera. <laughs> I'll allow that. Yeah, so um, back in 2019, we brewed a collaboration with our buddies down at Heaven and Ale in Chattanooga. Uh, rest in peace. Heaven and Ale is no longer open. Uh, but the beer was called Force Ghost. And we brewed it down there. And we only got a couple kegs up here. But the next year, we were going to brew it here and can it and brew a much bigger batch. Um, and it released in late March of 2020. Um, so everybody knows what happened then. Yep. I remember personally, we, we were delivering beer at that time. And I remember loading our really shitty mile wide car with 50 plus cases of beer and driving around for literally 12 hours that day delivering beer. <laughs> Don't disrespect the matrix. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's sort of, that sort of kind of launched it with us and it's been one of our most popular beers going forward uh, since then. So it's a, it's a Northeast IPA heavily oated uh, with um, flaked oats and malted oats and then dry hopped, uh, intensely with Galaxy and Citra. Hell yeah. So Galaxy being the, you know, the Star Wars connection. Um, and that's where all of our Star Wars beers that we do um, have Galaxy in them. So we have Mando and we have uh, Boba uh, and things like that. So anyway, um, so we, we've released this beer around May the 4th, but usually like a month or so before. And we've just never like, for whatever reason, gotten the timing right. And this year we release our beers on Thursdays and May the 4th is a Thursday. So yeah. this year we're like, all right, we're doing it. Force Ghost is releasing on May the 4th, Star Wars Day. And we're going to make a whole thing of it. So oh, yeah. we're having, we usually do trivia on Thursdays. Uh, usually it's family feud style trivia, but this time we're doing a Star Wars trivia. Um, and you can actually, one of the prizes is you can win tickets to the uh, Kentucky Guild of Brewers Craft Bash mm-hmm. in June. Um, and then we're going to have Blue Milk Slushies. Mm. And then we're going to have the movies playing all day and all sorts of fun stuff. I'm there. So, yeah, that sounds like a freaking blast. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. At the bar, streaming ET to my phone, (laughs) (laughs) sobbing. (laughs) 
We're just going to slip that in. But just like the last 20 minutes to make sure everybody's bawling their eyes out. It's like, I didn't think this how this movie ends. Just a bicycle <laughs> over the moon. Well, I mean, you, you, but you do have the connection. You have E.T.'s race is actually in the, the prequel trilogy. Yeah. In the, in the oh, that, is, that is true. And you have a Yoda doll in E.T. That is dude. Is this yeah, real? and he's playing with Grand Moff Tarkin, and there's a lot of yeah. It's proof that we live in a simulation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or they're both, or they're all directed by the, Steven Spielberg. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in part, or George Lucas, whatever. These are facts. Yep. I did not know this. Yes, absolutely. Uh, one more mile wide beer that we'll shout out. Talking about your all seasonal releases, you also brought us a little bit of the uh, Kentucky Lily version of your all's Quiet Science. This will come out in the season of the Kentucky Derby rolling into town. Um, you just want to tell us a little bit about this beer. It's a yeah. super fun thing, in my opinion. Yeah. So, um, yeah, by the time you hear this, it will also be out. Um, it is um, brewed in the style of the Kentucky Lily drink that is the official drink of uh, the Kentucky Oaks. So, um, you know, we wanted to do a derby themed beer, but derby pie beer didn't quite fit the season for us um mint julep beers just, just never didn't really sound really good at all and so then you know we were sort of looking at it and like the kentucky lily is a, it's basically a cosmopolitan or very similar and so you know it's mostly cranberry with some with some tangerine and then just a hint of lemon at the end um and it's it's an incredibly unique beer and um I really love it. I think it I think it tastes a lot like uh, pink lemonade. Yeah, I just actually realized I poured this into a glass. And for the people watching on YouTube, my favorite thing about <laughs> it is how pretty this beer is, too. Like, it's got yeah. that beautiful cranberry, like kind of floral hibiscus vibe to it. Uh, so a super, super fun option. And I, I appreciate yeah. the creativity around Derby, too, because it's super easy to fall into the tropes of like bourbon mint julep or like Derby pie. But there's so much more to like spring Kentucky than Absolutely. just the things that are kind of already associated with Derby. And Louisville beer is a big part of that, in my opinion, Kentucky beer in general. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that, um, you know, like we sell this, we, we sponsor Sherby, which is a, a block party on Sherwood Avenue on Oaks night. And, um, and we like, we make a beer for Sherby and we have, we have a couple other beers, but we always have the Lily and it's always the first thing to sell out. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm big fan of anything that's like cocktail inspired. Mm -hmm. it, it really blurs lines, which to a lot of people mm -hmm. is not purist, but uh, it does introduce new crowd and new people to, oh, that's beer. I thought that was something else. So sure. I, I kind of always appreciate that. Well, I think that, you know, this one, like we, you know, we add the fruit during fermentation. So we're fermenting out a lot of those sugars. So we're not leaving the big slushy. It's not sweet. It's really like dry yeah. and crisp. And that lets the kind of tartness of the cranberry come mm -hmm. forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I always, I always describe our sours, not really a sour. They're more tart than they are sour. And that to me enhances their drinkability Agreed. more than anything gets you in the mind of those like uh, the old school gozos or berliners mm -hmm. like more than it does the kind of modern like far <laughs> north like slushy abominations or whatever you guys can make some good slushy beers too but this is like something that yeah. i really really like i mean the base beer itself is is an americanized version mainly from the abv of of a uh, of a berliner vice yeah so it reminds me of that too, like those little syrup treatments that those mm -hmm. things can get or whatever. Well, that, yeah. The very first batch of Quiet Science we ever did was plain, and then we did the syrups at the bar. I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a that was a neat yeah. thing because you could get that base beer and then a flight and then dose it. Uh, what was Woodruff blueberry? We never did. We we might have had Woodruff. But we have? we changed them all the time. That was part of the fun. Is we okay. would get we like. We, we would run out of a bottle and we would replace it with something completely different. That's awesome. So you yeah. could always mm -hmm. find different things and people would mix different flavors. And 
And then people started adding those to other beers and we were like, this is too far. <laughs> <laughs> but but you you took that feedback and you went to once you all established um, the a, a very successful Mawad member club, um, you kind of listened to the crowd a little bit and would like tease out these like, hey, if you were to pick the sour for our anniversary, what would your adjuncts be? No. Yeah, it's for the uh Oh God, what's that? Our fifth anniversary. We did that. We did like a Google doc where people, here's a list of everything, like adjuncts and stuff like ABV range and things like that. And you tell us what you want. And yeah, it's funny that like, if, if you were to just say, Hey, what do you think everybody would want in a sour? I'd be like, well, they're probably going to want raspberry, blackberry. They're probably going to want like 7% and that maybe some vanilla. And mm -hmm. that's exactly what they did. Mm -hmm. And with the IPA, <laughs> it's like, what do you think they would want? Probably like a double Northeast IPA with Galaxy and Citra. It's exactly what they wanted. <laughs> God damn it. It's expensive. Hey, man, fan service is a good thing sometimes. Yeah, Give the people I'm what they want. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. For and as much as you guys, you know, do all these like uh, stuff out in the community and whatnot, one of the cool things I've always thought about your all's business is that you're all, you all, you also have that like great group of like mile wide people who come and hang out there with their friends every night, bring their families. Like it's such a great congregating space. And, um, we talk a lot about like the third space on this podcast. It's a great place to go if you're not at work, or not at home, and you guys do a really good job curating that. That's with, with good beer, so that helps too. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like every once in a while, I will, you know, it's it's tough to get or it's easy to get sort of jaded and like into your own head about the business that you're running. But every once in a while, I'm able to get outside of my head and actually like appreciate what's happening and. You know, it's funny to look back at the tap room when we first opened it and it was a pretty blank slate. And now six and a half years in, like the tap room has character, you know, whether it's the stickers that are hanging behind the bar or just, you know, these little things that we've done here and there, like it actually has personality now. And it's yeah. it's really cool to see. And, um, you know, I if, whether it's our anniversary and, you know, or just a silent disco and we, we have, you know, a tap room full of people like it, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, it's like I said, it's easy to sort of overlook that stuff. But, you know, you you really that's what it's all about. It's that's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing remains in that it is still the the debutante casino room of craft breweries in Louisville. Elaborate. <laughs> you've, you've never heard anyone refer to it as a casino room. Like all the pinball machines and stuff? No clocks, no windows. <laughs> oh, no, I've it. never. It's like never, Las never, Vegas, never, like 4 a.m. You go into my wide <laughs> when it's bright, you come out when it's dark. I love that. That makes sense. <laughs> well, it's it's one of the reasons that like it's funny because our sort of busy time of the year is inverted from everybody else. Like we have an out, outdoor space and people enjoy the outdoor space. But, um, you know, in the winter when everybody else is dead, like people come because it's cozy even though it's a big, this big warehouse space, like because there's no windows, it's this kind of cozy space that you 100%. can like, you can be in and you know, it's so our, our busiest months tend to be other people's slowest months. Yeah. Good problem to have. Uh, I know you've already kind of plugged a couple things coming up with, you know, beer releases and whatnot. Is there anything else that you want people to know about? Um, I am very excited about uh, hops on the hill this year. It's a little ways down the road, but it's uh, we've got four months worth of calendars on our, in our office that we sort of plan out production and things. And here in a couple of days, August is going to pop up on it. So it's going to be <laughs> hops on the hill will officially be on, be on the, uh, on the wall. Um, so the first Saturday in August hops on the hill is our IPA festival. Um, in the past, we've done uh, multiple breweries. We brew one collaboration. Um, we released that day last year was the first year we did three different breweries, three different collaborations all released that day. 
that was the biggest day in the history of mile wide. Yeah, it was great. Like bar none. And you also have that great parking lot to do shit in. It's, it's a fun playground. <laughs> yeah. So we're taking that this year and sort of trying to amp it up a little bit more. Hell yeah. So um, we've got the three breweries set. We're very excited. None of them have ever distributed to Kentucky before. Hmm. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, yeah. So the first Saturday in August, August 5th, and we'll be sure to remind all the listeners yep. about that as it gets closer. I'm excited for that. Me they, too. Uh, John, what do you got? Oh, man. I'm just going to honestly plug uh, sunlight. Uh, this is the time of the year <laughs> where... I took mine. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll plug something different. Uh, I'm going to plug bonfires. Uh, as you guys know, I had a tree come down like during the windstorms we had a few months ago, and I've been slowly but surely uh, disposing of some of the evidence that yard waste wouldn't take. Um, and it's really nice to sit out at the end of a long day, kind of like you were saying just to kind of not think about anything, but just kind of think about appreciate all of the great things that you have in your life. And a bonfire to me, leave your phone inside. Like you don't need to be doom scrolling. Uh, maybe listen to a podcast or music or something, but just sitting down with a good beer and just like burning some wood. So fire, fire, fire's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David, what do you got? Yeah, David, what do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, vitamin D is good for you. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to take your fire or sunlight because it's like, the sun is one big fire. That's really, true. When you think about it. You're right. Um, Fucking soccer. I, I, even I was, when you don't think about it, it really is. Like <laughs> <a fire. laughs> Should be hot. <laughs> it's so true. I will plug um, the resurgence of American country music. Okay, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get out of your uh, pop country ways. Uh, listen to cowboy music. Um, they've got good voices, good tones, and a lot of good vibes. So... Type in cowboy music on Spotify. See if you surprise yourself. So like Taylor Swift. So just cowboy music. No, Taylor Swift hasn't been country in a long time. Uh, cowboy music on Spotify. Okay. Hell yeah. No, More. it's like it's like Florida Georgia Line that kind of stuff. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Okay. I hope not. <laughs> oh god, I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, on my end, uh, Seventh Heaven TikTok. Uh, if you're not familiar with the show Seventh Heaven, yes. it, was a, oh, it was a 90s. Yes. It was a 90s. Uh, awful like Christian drama that was so over the top and like they tried to like force life lessons on you uh -huh. and there's a, there's like a group of folks on TikTok that are going back to review the absurdities of the episodes <laughs> and like teaching you like these life moments that they were trying to instill in like, I love the youth this. at the time so just real quick for, for an example they were just like yeah uh, he got in trouble because he was drinking too much coffee <laughs> <laughs> and then there was like I watched this growing up <laughs> yeah. that explains so much Honestly, <laughs> yeah, and like you know, the dad's a pastor and he's really harsh. And like, the there's a there's an aunt that comes in who's oh, a young uh, Jessica Beale, I think, was on that show, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, they like locked her in a room to to take her away from the alcoholic, <laughs> oh and it was a whole just mess of a show. And the people that are reviewing it are doing God's work because I don't have to go back and watch it myself now. <laughs> like, did you Instead, have to before? I mean, <laughs> I was thinking about it, okay, okay. So, I saw one that um, the friend of a friend of Jessica Beale was in a gang. And it was there was some serious talking to's happening. Yeah. yeah. Are you in a gang? Oh wait, <laughs> is that when they uncover like the mattress of like? Yes. And there's like a like a knuckle like <laughs> metal like knuckles, brass knuckles, yeah. knuckles, brass knuckles. <sighs> yeah. Simpler like time, two thousand and four. <laughs> yeah. So give Seventh Heaven a watch. Or watching Seventh, Seventh Heaven, Heaven eating at freaking Pizza Hut, watching ET. Fantastic. You know, I'm going to plug, uh, since we're plugging TikTok things, uh, rug cleaning TikTok. Oh, yeah, it's dude. It's the best. Oh, my God. There's like four of them that I follow. And so like every other video on my on my following page is oh. 
is a rug being being washed. And how do these people let their rugs get so dirty? I don't know. I want someone to do that to my soul. I think that's like what the like that's what the appeal is. Like I just want somebody to do that to my soul. All right. Uh, cool. Anyway, so Scott, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's always great me. to learn more about. Yeah, my life. absolutely. Thanks for having me. Cheers, guys. <laughs>